Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from a jail somewhere in New York State, it's the Fourth and Inches <laughs> Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, how are you this week? I'm pretty good. I'm still uh, still going through my stages of grief over the Cowboys game, but that's pretty standard these days. So all in all, it's pretty normal here. Aren't you well, glad I you got out of New York to... when you did, though? <laughs> I did. I just beat the sheriff out of town by three months, but uh, I have a they feeling that that's not. I have a feeling that's not going to be the the last state where that happens. Uh, for those of you that might not have heard, about three hours ago, the news came down that uh, New York. State Attorney General uh, Elliot Schneiderman, or not Elliot Schneiderman, I forget his first name. I know his last name is Schneiderman, but he uh, declared that the daily fantasy sports industry is illegal and ordered all the daily fantasy sports sites, of course, led by FanDuel and DraftKings, to cease and desist operations in the state. So for a state that represents approximately 10% of their business, that's a pretty huge flow. Yes. Yeah, I, I sincerely doubt this is the end of it or even close to it. Uh, I'm sure that lawyers are working furiously in offices somewhere drafting their responses, but it's, it's going to be interesting. I thought you were going to say drafting their teams. That too. <laughs> getting them all to getting good. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I guess I guess you need to start finding friends in other states. <laughs> Uh, this whole yeah, thing's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, well, let's we'll see. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting because I think people that are in the fantasy sports industry and have been for a while are sort of divided into two camps. So the people that you know, just wave the banner of the 2006 law and say, you know, hey, this isn't you know gambling. This is a game of skill. When clearly that exemption was not intended for daily games because they didn't even exist at that point. And then you have the other people that are maybe a little bit more cautious in their response and think that, you know, like I do, that I'm not quite sure where you draw the line between gambling and games of skill, but that the daily games are a lot closer to wherever that blurry line is than the season-long games are. This is true. So it's it's uh, going to be interesting here for the next few weeks, I'm sure. Yeah, so I'm actually speaking about uh, the daily fantasy sports, not from a legal perspective, but just from a fan standpoint. And uh, you know, how can you, you know, create a better team at an actuarial industry convention next week? So that should be interesting. Hopefully, we can spend more time talking about the strategies behind the games and less time about whether it's legal or not. But I'm sure that whole question will undoubtedly come up, so I'll have uh, to report back during our show chance, next week. <laughs> yes. So so anyway, um, speaking of things that happened this week besides the New York State oh. Attorney General, we had the Eagles-Cowboys thrilling game. Of course, you weren't so thrilled with the outcome, but it was a oh, pretty oh, nip oh. and tuck game, so yeah, I think... You know, kudos to the Cowboys for keeping it close in spite of uh, no Tony Romo and you know, just no Joseph Randall. I don't know how much the latter really matters. But, uh, you know, Cole Beasley he didn't quite atone for his error the week before, but he certainly had a better game than he did two weeks ago. True. That's, that's something. We'll take it. I'd rather get a win, mm-hmm. but, you know. <laughs> also, still well, a really bad week to be a running back. 
very dangerous time for them. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the injuries. Most people's fantasy squads are looking like mash units this time of year, minor, but uh, yeah, who were some of the bigger injuries that uh, caught your who got your attention this week? Um, probably the one that's hitting people hardest is Dion Lewis, done for the year with a torn ACL. At first, it looked like maybe it was just going to be a sprain, but that only lasted. That that dream died about 12 hours later. Um, also, in the running back knee injury world, Reggie Bush is going to sue the city of St. Louis after his season-ending knee injury a couple of weeks ago. We'll see what happens there, but interesting note. Uh, Andrew Luck, it came out this afternoon. He's going to miss the next... will probably be pretty interested in that suit. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll be something. But, uh... Harrison. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Luck's going to be out two to six weeks with a lacerated kidney and an abdominal tear. Not going to require surgery. They do have a bye uh, this week, which is helpful, but... Matt Hasselbeck's going to be the starter for at least the next couple of weeks in Indy, as if they didn't have enough problems already. Uh, the Browns are planning to start Josh McCown as long as he's healthy enough to get on the field over Johnny Manziel. If that's not a vote of uh, confidence, I guess, <laughs> I don't know what is. Johnny Manziel really uh, did not impress. Um, in other backup quarterback news, Landry Jones probably getting the start. Looking like 95% sure he's going to get the start this week, but the Steelers are not ready to rule Ben Roethlisberger out. They're just calling him unlikely with a midfoot sprain that he can't walk on and should be out for at least this week, possibly up to three. But quite frankly, it's Ben Roethlisberger. Who really knows? Um, so he's probably not playing this week. He shouldn't play this week. They're on a bye next week. He'll be back after that. Um, so plan accordingly there. Blaine Gabbert on a bye this week, as well as the rest of the 49ers. Uh, he's still going to be the starting quarterback after the bye week. Uh, the 49ers and Jim Tomsula apparently want to continue to let Colin Kaepernick step back and, quote, take a breath. And Kaepernick was asked by a reporter today, and he said, I don't feel like I'm out of breath, so I don't know what that expression really means. So I think there might be a little discontent there. <laughs> you have to hold his breath during the bye week. That's a long time to hold your breath. <laughs> well, he he doesn't seem like he wants to. <laughs> so we'll see what well, happens there. He did hold his breath. Uh, he couldn't give interviews. Yeah, probably for the best. But uh, out in San Diego, Malcolm Floyd left uh, the game this the other night. Uh, obviously, that hurt a lot of people. He's what they're calling day-to-day as we all are, with a shoulder injury. It looks pretty bad in the moment, but they think he's going to be able to, to play through it, so that's always nice. Um, Bill's running back, LaShawn McCoy, left with a shoulder injury as well. He's questionable. They are seem like they think he's going to play this week, which is a short week. They're playing on Thursday night. Uh, so keep an eye on that, but I would not have a problem starting Carlos Williams in a lot of my lineups this week. No. Uh, the Rams, yeah, the Rams have been hit with some injury problems at wide receiver, and they've decided to sign Wes Welker. I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out. Unfortunately, he probably couldn't have been signed to a worse team because their passing offense is just terrible right now. But hey, that's something. Uh, Jets kicker Nick Folk is on. Them down. Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, in, in kicker news, which I know you love, Nick Folk is going on IR with a quad injury. Randy Bullock's going to replace him, signed today with the Jets. Uh, 
Uh, Cowboys, Sean Lee has a concussion again, unlikely to play Sunday. This does not make me feel good in any uh, sense of the word, unfortunately. So we'll get to the Cowboys game later, though. The Saints are signing Matt Flynn to replace Luke McCown of Verizon Commercial Fame. He's having back surgery, so they needed a new uh, a new backup quarterback. Don't pick Matt Flynn up. I would strongly advise against that right now. Uh, Oakland running back Latavius Murray is in the concussion protocol along with what seems like 35% of the league. Uh, he is hoping to play this week, but quite frankly, it is way, way too early to tell still. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick needs some surgery, quote, at some point, but he's not going to do it this week, and he was a full participant in practice, so he's going to be a go without a problem uh, on Thursday night, although his she problem might be Buffalo. Yeah, maybe. Maybe halftime. We'll see. <laughs> Bears running back Matt Forte is, and this is a direct quote, iffy for this week. He's still got that sprained MCL. He's getting plasma-rich platelet injections, which is always fun. I've done those. They're not awesome. But they do help you heal faster. Uh, so we'll see. I doubt he's playing this week. Next week's much more likely. Green Bay running back Eddie Lacy has a pulled groin, a bad ankle, and uh, a fumbling problem. He's questionable for this week. Vikings' Teddy Bridgewater passed his first concussion test after a Macho Man-esque style elbow drop to the head this week. Uh, he's questionable. It looks like he's got a pretty pretty decent chance of playing as long as he doesn't have any setbacks. Broncos' uh, Demarcus Ware is likely going to miss this week. He re-aggravated a back injury uh, about the second quarter of last week's game. And Steelers running back D'Angelo Williams has a bruised slash swollen foot, but plans to play and should be okay for what that's worth. <laughs> so He's kind of a shorter list than usual this week. Than most of the league. Uh, yeah, that's I, true. I don't know about that, but, uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> at least Teddy Branchwater passed his confession test. He must have studied. He looked, yeah, he, I hope he did. He looked fully unconscious when he first got hit, though. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to think about that, but we'll see. Also, you got uh, four teams on a bye this week. Thankfully, we we're past the 16 bye week. Uh, you've got Atlanta, Indianapolis, San Diego, and San Francisco. Uh, so you're you're definitely losing some some running backs, some wide receivers, and a couple of good quarterbacks there. Uh, but Blaine don't Gabbert. worry, you got you. yeah, Blaine Gabbert, man. He's doing things. He's gonna get a second start. <laughs> the world is momentum. crazy. It's something. I Colin Kaepernick's still breathing over there, though. Yeah, that's good. Now, how about some of the players that you might think of uh, picking up to replace them? Who are, who are some of the people you have your eye on? And then I'll share my list with you. How about uh, quarterbacks with Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, and Teddy Bridgewater, either out injured and or on by this week? Uh, who do you like? Uh, I like Landry Jones. I'm kind of a Landry Jones apologist. Blake Bortles, obviously, I'm always a fan there. Uh, even though I don't necessarily think he's going to win this week, I think he'll put some points up. Uh, and depending on your league, uh, Jay Cutler may be out there. He's not a terrible matchup this week. I don't like it, but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen either. Um, what about you for quarterbacks? I agree with your list. The two that I would add to that are, believe it or not, Matt Castle. If he's, I, I shouldn't say if he's available. He I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do it. Really. And then uh, the Eagles 
Eagles, Sam Bradford, I think, is also a lot of people gave up on him earlier in the season, and I think he's starting to show some signs of life now. Yeah, yeah, it looks sort of functional, so we'll take it. Right, um, how about running backs with uh, Deion Lewis and Latavius Murray being the big casualties there? Who do you have your eye on? Yeah, obviously, LeGarrette Blunt. if he's out there, go pick him up. He really probably isn't. Uh, Carlos Williams is much more likely. Uh, James Starks even could be out there. It depends on how deep your league is, really, and how much people pay attention. But uh, I like the three of them this week. Doug Martin, too, is still available in some places. I really like his matchup this week. I'll add uh, Marcel Reese to that list. He always seems to be good for a couple hundred-yard games late in the season, and I'm sure Taiwan Jones will get some carries, too, depending on how much uh, Latavius Murray is able to play. But Marcel Reese is a sneaky pickup, and then Tampa Bay, actually their leading rusher last week was not Doug Martin. It was actually Charles Sims, and he's still out there in some leagues on the waiver wire. So another person I just have my eye on. Yeah, they seem to, they're not totally committing one way or the other. So, hey, take both of them. Uh, All right, how about wide receivers? Wide receivers, I'm loving Marvin Jones in Cincinnati. He's still available in a lot of places. Uh, Cecil Shorts probably has been dropped since he's been so up and down with injuries. It looks like he's going to be okay this week. I would pick him up. Uh, Stefan Diggs and Eric Decker should be owned in all of your leagues. If they're not, go run, don't walk to pick them up. Um, but definitely Marvin Jones and, and Cecil Shorts, I think, are my guys this week. I'll go, I'll mention Kenny Stills in Miami. Jameson yeah. Crowder in Washington has been picked up by a lot of people. Brandon mm-hmm. LaFell is back with New England. Doriel Green Beckham had a nice game for Tennessee, although he's just as likely to find the jail this weekend as he is the end zone. And then uh, Harry Douglas also. Tennessee had a nice game, and Brian Walters uh, has had several good games in a row as as Jacksonville's third receiver, so those are a few guys that I would be looking at. Works for me. Tight ends? Jordan Reed, for sure. If Austin Safarian Jenkins is out there, which he is actually in, in a decent amount of leagues, hopefully this is the week he comes back, uh, especially for your daily leagues. The price is very right. Uh, those are probably my two go-tos. Uh, Gary Barnage, uh, he's been dropped by some people. If that happened in your league, this is not a bad matchup week for him either. Um, but that's that's a little bit more of a stretch. Richard Rogers in Green Bay, he seems to no relation to Aaron Rodgers, but he seems to have some chemistry with him, so that's a possibility. Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota and... I really don't know what to make of Owen Daniels. He's somebody that going into the season I thought would really click with Peyton Manning. It didn't happen. They go out yeah. and trade for Vernon Davis, and then he has a nice game. I don't expect that to continue, so I wouldn't. I, well, I'd rather have of either of those guys I mentioned didn't before. A make a ton of sense, in all fairness. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to True. base any big life changes off last week. Okay. And kickers, who are you picking up to replace Nick Folk? Because I know you have him in all your leagues. He's a former uh, cowboy. Look, obviously. <laughs> oh. um, I just kickers is is such a wash for me. I, just, I don't have anybody. I'll, I'll mention Connor Barth with Tampa Bay. 
He did their have a nice game. Seems to be not as bad as their defense. So yeah. And uh, any defenses you would stream this week? Um, this week the like the Eagles are going to be available in a lot of places because they're kind of middle of the pack. But the matchup isn't awful. Um, the Jets, Packers, Denver, those are the guys at the top of my list. But realistically, uh, there's not a ton of terrible matchups. Maybe Carolina. Uh, just, some people want to say Washington. I'm not ready to go there just yet, though. Yeah, I would, I would add Pittsburgh to the list. Of course, that's not so much because of who they are, but more who they're playing, they're and playing. that would be Cleveland. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for All the same right, reason, you want, the... you want Green Bay's defense because they're playing Matt Stafford. Pretty much anybody playing Matt Stafford is the way to go. <laughs> I don't know. Their defense is – I mean, I have them in the in the one industry league where I still have somewhat of a chance of making the playoffs, and they're just really – Really bad, yeah. Disappointing the they last are. couple of weeks, so we'll see. Maybe 500 yards against you will do that. <laughs> yeah, and getting into fights on the sideline during the game is never a good – Look either so doesn't doesn't work that can... well in Dallas. You would think people would realize, but you know, yes, you have to make your own <laughs> But here you actually have players fighting players instead of assisting coaches. Although I guess you had offensive players fighting defensive oh, players. We've done in it Dallas, all. We've done it all. We've really run the gamut here. Anybody that can I'm fight anybody for, will. <laughs> I'm waiting for the owner to fight the GM. I would like to see that in Dallas. You never know. Jerry Jones might punch himself in a skybox one of these days. It's possible. Yeah, a lot of people would pay good money to see that. So let's dive right into the games. We've got a Thursday night New York State extravaganza. The Buffalo Bills, who showed signs of life again last week, traveling to, I I won't say Manhattan because it's not. It's actually East Rutherford, New Jersey, to take on the New York Jets. So you can... (laughs) Still play uh, daily fantasy in New Jersey, at least as far as I'm aware. So, anyway, this game, Buffalo showing signs of life again. Jets surprisingly resilient last week. We'll go with the home team, but it's not a real strong feeling. But it all takes the Jets to win this backfield goal. Say final score: Jets 27, Buffalo 24. I've got Buffalo 23, Jets 20. I just think uh, the Rex Ryan defense 2.0 will beat the Rex Ryan defense 1.0. Quite frankly, I think we're all perhaps most worried about how this coin toss will go down to see if anyone gets punched in the mouth. Uh, That that might be the most interesting part of this game. Although for a Thursday night game, this is actually one of the better ones, at least matchup-wise. It's two pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, I just think the Bills are marginally less injured than the Jets are right now. Ryan Fitzpatrick, hopefully he can change diapers now. We aren't, we have no confirmed reports of that, though. Uh, I don't know if I think he's going to beat this Buffalo defense. Revis Island's going to be in full effect, and or, and it's just, it's, I don't, I don't, this game I could go either way on. I'm going to go Buffalo. I liked what I saw last week. I think you'll see a lot of Carlos Williams, but I think you'll see a lot of Eric Decker on the other side because the Jets are going to play from behind a lot. So, we'll see. <laughs> I agree with the first part of that statement, not so much the second, but we'll see. The fact that we both have it as a three-point game, I think, is uh, is testimony to the fact that it should be, a, a, at least on paper, it looks like a toss-up. So, yeah. speaking of 
Speaking of toss-ups, let's let's look at this next game here, Detroit at Green Bay. And actually, not I don't think it's going to be a toss-up. <laughs> so no, this, this will not be a three-point game. But Detroit, their season's already in the toilet. They're just, as they say, playing for pride. And at Green Bay, no Green Bay no pride I, I think this is the game where they write the the ship, although they are finding themselves deadlocked right now with the Super Bowl bound Minnesota Vikings. But oh. I know you don't believe in the Vikings yet. I don't. I don't. The There's thing. zero belief in the Vikings. Sorry. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's going to take for them yet. short of. Have, I don't know what it's going to take short of them actually winning the Super Bowl for you to be convinced. That might be what it takes. <laughs> they are a legitimate team, but they're sitting there at. Uh, <laughs> Six and zero. I mean, six and two. They've got a one of the better defenses in all of football so far. I, I don't know what it's going to take to make you a believer, but uh, yeah, mm. they've mm. they've given up just as uh, as few points as Seattle. And then again, I don't think most people would mention the Vikings defense in the same breath as, as Seattle's. But we'll see. No. So anyway, yeah. back to the game at hand here. We were talking about Green Bay and. Detroit, and I think Green Bay will double up Detroit. I'll go with a final score of Green Bay 34, Detroit 17, and that's not three. No, not quite. I've got Green Bay also with 34 points, Detroit with 21, though. If Green Bay can't bounce back in a big way against Detroit, then things are a bigger mess than they already look like. Um, This is a game that Aaron Rodgers needs to get back on track. That run game needs to figure something out. James Starks, I mean – Now's your time. Uh, I I think the defense is has to look better because, quite frankly, if you can't stop the Detroit offense, then really, what are you doing? Um, but it just this isn't going to be competitive. It's not going to be particularly enjoyable to watch unless you have Green Bay fantasy players and you're just watching points rack up. But beyond that, I just I mean, it's it's kind of I, although. Quite frankly, last week I thought it was a no-brainer that Green Bay would beat Carolina, and that didn't work out. Well, I agreed with you in that game, but I Detroit Eric Ebron is is kind of a curious pickup, yeah. and he's still available in some fantasy leagues, and he missed a few games with an injury and has bounced back and had picked two good games in three weeks. So we'll see, but yeah. Calvin yeah, Johnson's hurt. You know. I can't tell if he's really good or if he's just good compared to the rest of the Lions. Well, I happen to think <laughs> he's pretty good, but we'll we'll see as the season goes on. Next up, we've got Jacksonville at Baltimore. Um, you know, Blake Bortles, what can you say? He's definitely improved in his yeah. second season. Baltimore has not improved this year. And, no. Yeah, I don't think uh, you, you probably could have gotten pretty good odds at the beginning of the season that uh, Jacksonville would have just as many wins as Baltimore after eight games. But there you have it. You know, they're both uh, you know, offenses not keeping up with their – or their, I should say defenses not keeping up with their offenses. But, um, yeah, this – Game again. I, I think this is you one that could go so either way. Just even talking about this game. <laughs> well, I mean, they both wear blue uniforms, but that's about all they really have in common, I think. But I'll go with final score: Jacksonville twenty-four, Baltimore twenty-one. And 
not a game that I would be uh, high on the list of must-see TV for this weekend. I've actually got the score almost the same, but I've got Baltimore 24, Jacksonville 20. Uh, Ravens are at home. They're coming off a bye week. I think they can pull one out here. Jacksonville's looked a little discombobulated. Discombobulated. Be good if I could say it the last two weeks. And I like them. I like the pieces they have. I just think that Baltimore, just off the bye, has a little bit of an edge here. Playing at home, they've been better. Not that they've looked particularly great in any facet this year, but I think they've got a chance at actually getting another win this week. Uh, Kamar Aiken is somebody that's gotten some press this week as a potential fantasy pickup. What do you think of him? I'm still leaning way more unsure than a lot of people are, I think. I just I don't know if I'm ready to take the, the leap. Well, he's gotten the most targets in the time that Steve Smith has been out, but I don't think anybody's going to say he is Steve Smith or even Tory Smith, but you know, somebody's got to catch passes there and can't be Crockett Gilmore all the time, so we'll see. Unless they decide to run the Carolina offense when, yes, all you do is throw to your tight end. <laughs> yeah, but, but they, unlike the Carolina defense, I don't think Joe Flacco is going to suddenly morph into a, a, a lead, leading rusher, but we'll see. Man, that would be something, though. If he came off the bye week and he was a leading rusher on the team, whew. Well, it happens. <laughs> it, it, well, I don't think it was off a of bye week, but Tom Brady led the Patriots in rushing a couple of weeks ago with 14 that was, yards. That was, a weird, that was a weird day. If, if that, that happens this week, my Giants will be pretty happy if Tom Brady is their leading rusher, but I don't think that's True. too likely to happen. with like Eric Blunt there, but... We'll see. All right, next up we've got Chicago at St. Louis. St. Louis, the the team concussion, or I should say yeah. team concussion giver. They, they're usually on the giving end rather than the receiving end. Nick Foles has been a big disappointment this season. You know, they have some decent receivers, but other than you know, Jared Cook, not many of them have really gotten it going this year. Um you know, like you said before, signing Wes Welker, that strikes me as a desperation move. I still don't understand why Brian Quick is missing in action, but you know, Tavon Austin had more yards rushing than he did receiving last week. Stedman Bailey is suspended for four games, so they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel there and the receivers, which is why they brought Welker in. But I think in spite of that, their defense is good enough and Chicago's offense is lame enough without Matt Forte that even if Alshon Jeffrey catches 50 passes in this game, I still think St. Louis wins. I'll go with the final score of St. Louis 24, Chicago 17. As weird as it is, I'm going to actually pick Chicago in this game. I've got them 2014. Uh, I don't know when I voluntarily picked Jay Cutler last. Uh, it's it's been a while though. The Rams are just so bad when they play anybody outside of their division. Like horrible. Uh, Todd Gurley's really got to be the difference maker here, and I just think with how bad their pass attacks been, that the Chicago defense is just going to zero in on that run game, and it's going to stifle it a little bit, and it's going to be the difference maker. And yeah, Alshon Jeffrey's probably going to need to catch 50 passes, and I'm okay with that because he looked fine last week. I'm finally feeling like. 
he's healthy and an actual asset. But I don't think he can actually I catch like more than thirty before he gets too. hurt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's that catching long. a lot of passes. And Martellus so. Bennett's built like a linebacker. He's huge. So I mean, he at least he's at least got a, one or two more games before he probably gets hurt again. Didn't he used to play for the Cowboys? Yeah, he did. And the Giants. He's he's been around. <laughs> yeah. All right. Neither <laughs> round. So let's let's move on. We've got another doozy of a game here, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. I actually think this will be a little bit closer than most people do, mainly because of Ben Roethlisberger not playing. And I assume he's not going to play. Landry Jones, he played, you know, one half of one good game and then one not-so-good game when he was forgiving Roethlisberger earlier in the season after Michael Vick got hurt. Or, excuse me, Mike Vick. I know he's changed his name, but still the same player. Cleveland. I'm going to call Michael. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Cleveland, I don't really think it matters so much who the quarterback is. They're just, their offense isn't hitting on any cylinders at this point. Defense is okay, but not good enough to contain Pittsburgh. I don't think that Antonio Brown's going to have 280 receiving yards this week, but I think Pittsburgh wins yeah. in spite of that as long as. As uh, D'Angelo Williams' foot stays on, I think Pittsburgh wins this by roughly a touchdown. I'll go with a final score of Pittsburgh 27, Cleveland 21. I've got a little closer. I've got Pittsburgh 24, Cleveland 21. Um, I like Landry Jones. I think that he's got a little bit more time to prepare. It's it, He's got a better feel for things. Cleveland's really not that intimidating defensively. Like Their defense better than their offense, but still not scary. Uh, playing at home helps. Even with a banged-up D'Angelo Williams, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, I like Martavis Bryant. He and Landry Jones seem to work well together. Uh, it just Cleveland's offense, like you said, is pretty much a hot mess. I think they had two wide receivers come out of the concussion protocol this week, so they're kind of healthier. I don't really think it's going to make that much of a difference, though, unfortunately. I just Cleveland's a mess. I think that's that's pretty safe to say. Yeah, they're, they're headed for another top five draft pick pretty assuredly. And I think you like Landry Jones mainly because he's named after a Cowboys former coach and current owner. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> it helps. All right. Well, as long as you know we're on to you, that's okay. All right, let's yep. move on to – no, well, it was a good try, but yeah, let's move go. on to one of our, our three remaining undefeated teams, those are the that being Carolina. That's probably I hate the everything most about Carolina being undefeated. Surprising, I hate it so much. you know, mainly because you live there now. But it doesn't yeah. help. <laughs> yeah, I just still think they're smoke and mirrors. But I don't think this is the week when their luck runs out. I think this is a closer game than most people will pick it. But I think Tennessee's defense keeps it close. Marcus Mariota. Is, I think he's going to be you know, a very good quarterback at some point, but you know, with the current receiving mess he has there, it's not going to happen this week. Kendall Wright, not sure what's going on with him. Dorio Green Beckham, I'm not really a believer yet, although I would pick him up over the way, off the waiver wire if I need somebody. I mean, Carolina, who, who the heck are you know Devin Funches and Corey Brown and you know all these receivers you've never 
heard of. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you thought, or before the season, you thought, oh, they're going to rely on Calvin Benjamin and Greg Olson. Of course, no Benjamin, but eh, I think it all adds up to a, a squeak out victory for Carolina. I'll say that they win this by field goal. I'll say final score Carolina 20, Tennessee 17. I've got Carolina 24, Tennessee 17. Maybe if I pick Carolina, they'll finally lose. I don't like this. I like Tennessee. That's no secret. I just don't think that they have enough offensive weapons. Like you said, their wide receiver core is basically a missing person report at this point. Delaney Walker's nice, but he can't be the only guy. He's not quite good enough to do that. Um, Marcus Mariota at least looks like he's moving around a little better, so that's good. I like the Tennessee defense, but Carolina's just, I mean, over the course of a game, I think they're going to wear them down a little bit. And just Tennessee's going to be behind. They're going to have to throw the ball. And, like, who are they going to throw to? That, for me, is the biggest question mark, and I think the deciding factor here, at least I know in Carolina, there's going to be some stranger I don't even know or Greg Olson there to catch the ball. So I'm going to give Carolina the edge. I don't like it, but I'm going to do it. Antonio Andrews has looked pretty good so far for yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, he has. I don't know. Even, didn't even have one carry. Yeah, and David Cobb was the more highly touted rookie coming into this year, but it really looks like Andrews is running away with the job right now, so to speak. Yeah, he is. I liked Bishop okay, Nike, but it just didn't work. No, it hasn't, but we'll see. Let's see. Uh, up next, we've got New Orleans at Washington. New Orleans, who knows what to make of them? Two weeks ago, impressive victory. Last week, unimpressive defeat at home. This week, they go on the road to a Washington team that at times has looked like they have a, a functional offense and a very good defense, and at other times it's looked pretty pathetic on both sides of the ball. I think here... I'll, I'll give Kirk Cousins the benefit of the doubt and say he has his second good game of the season this week against that excuse of a New Orleans defense. I'll go with a final score here of Washington 30, New Orleans 27, and what will probably be one of the more entertaining games of the week, even if it doesn't really have playoff implications. No, you're right. This is definitely one of the games that I, I want to watch. I Although I, a lot of people are going the way you are and, and picking Washington, I'm going to be the contrarian and go New Orleans. I'm taking them 27-20. Uh, I don't think this is going to be Kirk Cousins' week. I think Drew Brees needs to bounce back. I think the Washington defense, he can do that against. Um, but I do think that Jordan Reed will have a good game. I think he's going to be more of a factor this week. This is just – it's going to – Ultimately, it's either going to be a relatively low scoring or it's just going to get to the point where it gets kind of ridiculous like that New Orleans and and New York Giants game where it becomes a shootout. And I just – I think New Orleans has a little more offensive firepower and that will overcome their atrocious Swiss cheese secondary in their defense. Uh, I'm not sure I would put Kirk Cousins quite in the class of Eli Manning, but stranger things have happened. Well, you and I talk about Eli Manning, too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, he has beaten the Cowboys this season, so Thanks, thanks. Didn't know that one. <laughs> Way no. to hit me where it hurts. <laughs> well I I don't know. When's the last time Dallas had a six game losing streak? Oh, probably the year we drafted Troy Aikman in eighty nine. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. 
speaking of Cowboys fans. Speaking of, of Dallas and not so much Troy Aikman, but Dallas is on the road against Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, Tampa is showing some signs of life, if not victory, either yeah. against the Giants. Although, I, did you see or hear that story about the the gambler in Las Vegas that won $80,000 on that last play of the, the Tampa Bay Giants game when the oh Giants uh, guy returned. I mean, can you imagine what he must have been thinking before that play and you know, the Ooh. swinging emotions there after that? He'll probably never feel as good as he did in that moment. Probably nothing's ever going to top that. Yeah, probably not, but <laughs> anyway, so... Anybody that can afford to bet $20,000 on a 14 parlay is probably not not too hard up. But uh, anyway, this game, I think you're going to be happy. I know Dallas is on the skids, as I just alluded to about 10 seconds ago or so it seems. But I think Tampa, I don't, I give Dallas the benefit of the doubt here. I really don't think Tampa Bay is going anywhere fast. Jameis Winston doesn't really have it together yet. Mike Evans, you know, he's he's definitely the guy now with Vincent Jackson hurt, but dropping six balls or whatever he did last week is, is not yeah. really – eight balls is not really the way to engender uh, confidence in your fantasy owners, among your fantasy owners. But it, this, this should be a close game. But, again, I'm going to say Dallas wins out here all – Say they snapped their six-game losing streak with a 27-24 victory, and there will be much rejoicing throughout the land, or at least throughout Texas, at least throughout Eastern God, Texas. I hope so. <laughs> I I have Dallas winning 21-17, um, but a part of me is also very very terrified about this because I could see a way where Tampa Bay would win this game. Uh, maybe it comes down to who drops more passes. Is it going to be? Tampa Bay and Mike Evans, or will it be the entire Cowboys wide receiving core? Which team is going to want to lose the the most or the least, I guess? Because, quite frankly, both these teams like to have a win in their hands and then just give it to somebody else. They don't seem very interested in holding on to them. Um, but Tampa Bay, they, they are primed here to upset a Cowboys team at home that's struggling. They look like a mess. Dallas also allows the second most fantasy points to running backs um, out of anybody this season, and that scares me a little bit. Just the fact that Sean Lee's not going to play, and he's essentially the quarterback of the, of the defense, and there were so many other defensive injuries. It's kind of all glued together with duct tape and hopes and dreams now. That makes me a little concerned, but I – Logically, I want to think Dallas can win this game. I desperately hope they will, but ah, I'm scared. There's fear. Time for Greg Hardy to step up. Oh, <laughs> who's the worst leadership ever? <laughs> hey, Jerry Jones already wants to sign him to a 10-year contract extension or something close Let's to that. So. Money away. If, if Jerry we'll Jones give him the money that, we were going to give Joseph Randall. Why not? Let's just get crazy. Jerry Jones does that. You know, he's going to find coal in his stockings this this Christmas. (laughs) I'll just be, like, crying quietly in a corner somewhere. Like, why? Why? All right, let's let's move on to another game featuring a Florida team and an NFC East team, and that would be Miami at Philadelphia. 
like oh, this game boy. a lot better. Uh, I, I just <laughs> Miami. I I don't see what's happening with that team. I, I saw something ESPN tweeted out something today about the the much ballyhooed class quarterback class of 2012, and you know, Andrew Luck is injured and out for several weeks. You know, yeah. RK, you know, RG3 hasn't played at all this season. You know, Ryan Tannehill has the lowest quarterback rating of any qualifying quarterback, and and Brandon Whedon isn't even starting for the Cowboys anymore. So that that draft class looked really good for quarterbacks a few years ago. Uh, not looking so great right now. But um, speaking of Ryan Tannehill, he's healthy enough to start, but I don't know if he's good enough to win. I think Philadelphia is on an upswing here. I think they'll um, stay right on the Giants' heels. There's a good chance I think they overtake the Giants this week. We'll see. But uh, I'll go with the final score here of Philadelphia 30, Miami 21. Ooh. Ooh, harsh. Trying to butter up your your fellow Pennsylvania uh, neighbors over there or what? Um, No, believe me, I can't stand it. (laughs) But I have to call it like I see it. Oh, I I know the feeling. <laughs> um, I, shockingly enough, am taking Miami over the Eagles. I'm sure no one saw that coming. Uh, both of these teams have flaws, for sure. But I think that, yes, the Eagles look like they're on a bit of an upswing. There was some concerning moments in that Cowboys game. But I just think that Ryan Tannehill and – and the Miami defense, I think that combination I like better than Sam Bradford and the Eagles defense right now. I think Lamar Miller will have a nice game. Ryan Tannehill will up his, his quarterback rating a little bit. But I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a shootout than some of these other games. I've got Miami winning 31-28 uh, over the Eagles. All right, this will be an interesting one to, to – rehash next week and and see who who got that one right. Next up, we have the future NFC Super Bowl representing Minnesota Vikings. I think we might be picking differently on this game. (laughs) Traveling. I bet we're not. Traveling to, because I'm sure you've seen the light by now, traveling to Oakland to face the resurgent Raiders with David Carr and Mari Cooper and Michael Crabtree and I... I, I want to pick the Vikings in this game, but I, I honestly can't. I think Oakland's going to muster up enough offense to yeah. win this. I'll go with the final score of Oakland 28, Minnesota 21. See, even now after six years, you think you know what I'm going to do, and you, you just <laughs> then you take never score, know. I like it. This is this is a happy one. <laughs> well, I'll I be much happier you if Minnesota actually the wins the game. game but... losing streak earlier. <laughs> well. <laughs> Too bad they're not playing the Cowboys this week. But oh, you're the worst. So we have such a good thing going. Do you know how many times that Minnesota has beaten Oakland in Oakland in history? Never. One time. One time oh, okay. in 1996. I think it will stay well, at one right. because Oakland's going to win let's, this game. Let's, <laughs> let's put it this way, though. They've been playing each other for, what, roughly 50 years, and if they're one playing time. each other... <laughs> Yeah, but wait a second. 50 years, and you figure they play each other once every four years, so that's roughly 12 games, and of those, half of them should be in Oakland, so that's six. So 
one and five, not well, not good. impressive, but I'm I'm just guessing that it's one and five, but it's it's not good. But then again, you know what happened in 1972 or 1996 probably doesn't have too much bearing on the outcome of this game. Well, I don't know that for sure, so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> if it does, the Patriots are in trouble this week. <laughs> well, also, uh, Minnesota struggled on the road. Going out west isn't always the the greatest thing for them. I think that Oakland's offense is going to trump Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Adrian Peterson. Although Blair Walsh, he's he's kind of the uh, silent assassin of this Minnesota team. If there's anybody I'm going to get behind on this Vikings team, it's going to be the Blair Walsh Project. I'm going to go on record with that right now. But uh, I think Derek Carr is going to have a big game. Um, he's going to have to to compensate for Murray still being dinged up. Hopefully he does play, but that's still questionable right now. Um, I did have a dream last night that Adrian Peterson dislocated his elbow, which concerns me a little bit about Minnesota's chances this week for what that's worth. I was I shouldn't say this, but <laughs> I was actually at a – bar trivia contest a couple of weeks ago nice. and our team I won't mention the name of our team because it's kind of obscene but the <laughs> team that we finished second to their their team was actually they named their team Adrian beat his son <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> yeah it was they should switch that oh man so alright next up we've got the also, City I apologize in advance. If he does actually dislocate his elbow, I'm going to feel terribly responsible for it. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it too much. And Jarek McKinnon would probably be very happy if your dream came to fruition or Matt Asiata, but we'll see. True. So next up, we've got Kansas City going out to Denver. Peyton Manning, maybe he's resurgent, maybe he isn't. I don't really think it matters too much. I, I just think they have too much firepower and too much defense for Kansas yeah. City. Alex Smith is throwing the ball a little bit more successfully this season. They do have some wide receivers that can actually hold on to the ball and find the end zone this year. But I really don't think it's going to be that close a game. I say Denver wins this by 10 points. I'll go with a final score of Denver 31, Kansas City 21. Ooh, I've got Denver uh, 27, Kansas City 20. So not quite as much of a blowout as you think, but still still pretty healthy there. I think Denver needs this game bad. They're at home. Like you said, their defense plus Kansas City's a little better than mediocre offense. Not having a run, a run game really at all is a big problem for them. I think the Denver defense will not have too much of a problem slowing down their pass attack Uh Jeremy Macklin's just going to be double-covered all day, and that's pretty much how that's going to go. So I think Peyton Manning, like you said, he doesn't have to be Peyton Manning of 10 years ago. He just has to score enough points so the defense can keep him in it, and he's fine. And I think he'll do that this week, and it won't be too much of an issue. And, you know, then we can move on to whether or not Andrew Luck is going to be elite or continue to throw interceptions. That could be the new debate. I'm tired of I would vote for the latter. Yeah, probably, but we'll see. Okay. Next up, we've got the first-place New York Giants hosting the team that they vanquished in the Super Bowl each of the last two seasons when they played during the regular season. That would be 2007 and 2011. I think this time, though, New England's going to get the better of the Giants. 
I think Tom Brady is on one of those unstoppable runs, and I don't think the Giants will get a crack at him again until the Super Bowl if they're able to upset the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. But I'll go with the final I'll, I'll go with the final score here of New England 38, Giants 28. It should be good for a lot of offense and not so much defense, at least on the Giants' end. That's actually the exact same score that I had. I, I My condolences right now. Uh, maybe. Maybe we do. <laughs> um, I just I, – I don't really see a way that the Giants can win this game. Uh, sorry but they also are the third-worst team in the league versus tight ends, which means Gronk's going to have a real nice day. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt's going to be a factor. I just The Giants are going to have to throw a lot, and so there might be, you know, if you're in a really deep league and you're really hurting, maybe you look at a guy like Ruben Randall because someone's going to have to get some of these looks um, beyond Odell Beckham Jr. It's just not going to be the prettiest day for the Giants. Probably not, but... Stranger things have happened, but that would that would definitely be very strange if if the Giants were to win that game. That, that's the thing, that's the part that bothers me the most. If my predictions hold up this week and the Giants lose to New England and Philly beats Miami, then all of a sudden the Giants are five and five, and the Eagles are um, are five and four and in half in first place by half a game, so I'm not going to be too happy if that happens. But uh, we'll see. Hopefully, I'll be wrong on on at least one of those two games. Come to the dark side, take Miami. It's nice here. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather take the Giants, but Ugh. we'll see. Whatever. I, you never know that that uh, that Dion Lewis injury could be a real game changer. It could be but it probably won't be. All right, you have a little faith. <laughs> well, actually, I don't have much faith either, so I can't really call you out for that, can I? All right, we're at the Sunday night game now. Very, and the, very sassy today, Sherpa. Well, we have to have some fun with the show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Arizona at Seattle. Carson Palmer having a nice season. Russell Wilson, not such a nice season. I just, I think Seattle, their defense is starting to get their act together. I'm still not all that impressed by Arizona. Larry Fitzgerald had a nice run earlier in the season, last couple games, not quite so much. Uh, John Brown is good as a complimentary wide receiver, but uh, I just, I really don't think that they've got enough. Chris Johnson is certainly having a nice bounce back season, but I'll, I'll still go with Seattle at home here. I'll go with the final score of Seattle 24, Arizona 21. I've got Arizona 24, Seattle 17. I know they're in Seattle. I think this is going to be kind of a, a a proving ground game for Arizona. They This season have not been particularly good against teams that are over 500. Seattle's 500 right now. Uh, this is a team they have to beat if they want to get taken seriously. They have a record, but it's a, a good record, but it's kind of soft. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They didn't necessarily beat some of the ones they should have either. But I just I think Carson Palmer can can do this. I think that he can pick apart this defense a little bit better than than maybe you do. But I just 
I don't know. I would like to see Arizona win. I think they have the tools to. It's just a matter of whether or not they can finish. Hopefully. I'd like to see that too, but I don't think it will happen. We seem to be back to our old ways after that one week where we agreed on all 14 games. It's, it's like Haley's comment, I don't think it will happen for another six years. <laughs> it's going to be a while until we agree a lot more again. If it's 76 years and we're still doing the show, then I'll be pretty impressed. That would right. be impressive. Yeah, it's, who knows, maybe by that time even Jacksonville will have won Jacksonville and the Lions will have won Super Bowls, but yeah, that, I won't. That's, that's <laughs> getting a little bit too crazy, I think. All right, and finally we have Cincinnati two weeks, or not two weeks ago, it seems like two weeks ago. Last week they actually you know, hosted the Thursday night game and beat up on the Browns. This week they get to host the Monday night game and beat up on the Texans. Texans had a nice win two weeks ago. I think they're going to come back to earth this week. Cincinnati, I think, takes this pretty easily. Almost by two touchdowns, I'll go with the final score. Cincinnati 34, Houston 21. I've got Cincinnati 28, Houston 14. I have very little faith in the Houston, uh, well, not just their offense, but their team overall right now. Uh, It's just too much of a mess. Cincinnati and Andy Dalton, Generally not good in prime time. Much better in the one o'clock uh, early game hours. But you know this week he's going to kind of get over that hump. He's going to get a win in prime time in the dark. It's going to be nice. I just Houston JJ Watt is one person. He can't slow down an entire offense. And I, this Cincinnati team, this offense looks good right now. Well, Cincinnati certainly looked good in prime time against the Browns, but I don't know if that's really. Saying that much. Yeah, but it was also daylight savings and like a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'm not ready to like fully commit to him being good in prime time yet. Let's see. This is the week. He hasn't lost any games in prime time this year, put it that way. True, true. He's still a ginger ninja, man. We don't call him that for nothing. He's going to get it done. It's going to happen. Yeah, well, he's going to have to come up with a better name than that for media day if they make it to the Super Bowl against the Vikings, but we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> All oh, right. Oh, that media day. <laughs> anyway, yeah. how about your Vikings? I'm not sure. I almost hope Seattle makes it back just because Marshawn Lynch at media day has got to be my favorite sporting event of the year. It is so good. It's just so good. All right. So we've got about five minutes remaining. Should we take a quick look, even though yeah, we can assure our listeners neither one of us lives in New York anymore. Nope, not New York but right. shall we shall we take a quick look at the at the uh, FanDuel lineups and the DraftKings lineups and if you're in New York you can cover your ears for this part of the program. Let's do it. Where do you want to start? Uh let's do FanDuel quarterbacks. Who do you like this week? Um, Landry Jones, what a surprise, 6,200, good value, good matchup. Uh, Sam Bradford at 7,300, pains me to say this, but Jay Cutler at 7,000, Jameis Winston at 68, Blake Bortles at 78, his price is starting to go up a little bit, but it's not my favorite week for quarterbacks, but there's some value to be had. All right, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins for 6,500 just because I think they solve or will solve New Orleans defense pretty easily. And 
And I like Eli Manning at 7,400 quite a bit against the Patriots. And yeah, if you want to spend big, go, go ahead and, and spend $9,100 on Tom Brady or, or $9,200 on Aaron Rodgers. Frankly, I'm a little surprised that Aaron Rodgers is more expensive than Brady, but uh, yeah, weird. But you're definitely going to get your money's worth out of those. Yeah. Okay. Running backs, interestingly enough, on FanDuel, Todd Gurley has overtaken Adrian Peterson as the top-priced running back, which is pretty good considering about three weeks ago he was half of his current price. But I don't don't think I want a running back for $9,200. But uh, there are – yeah, if I'm going to spend that money, I agree. Rather spend it on a quarterback. Um, DeMarco Murray looks like a pretty – yeah, exactly. DeMarco Murray finally bounced back. He's kind of kind of where his price should be now. Yeah, I think he's a still. I think he's a pretty good value at at uh, seventy seven hundred. If you want to go cheaper than that, and just looking down the list here, but Garrett yeah. Blunt at sixty nine hundred. Doug Martin yeah. sixty seven. Uh, Jonathan Stewart even... at sixty six hundred. Carlos Williams sixty one. James Stark six grand. You'll, you'll laugh at me, but I even think Darren McFadden, I want to give, give him one more chance this week for 7,000 against it. Tampa Bay's defense. I don't hate it. All right. Wide receivers, a, some... on, wide receivers <laughs> on FanDuel, who do you like? Love and Marvin Jones at 5,400. Uh, Eric Decker at 6,800. I think he's going to have a big day. Martavis Bryant at 6,500. If you want a real good value, Cecil Shorts at 5,400. Stefan Diggs, uh, he's back up to 6,500 now. People are catching up, but his matchup's not bad this week. Just, you know, depends who's throwing to him, I guess. I like Brandon Cooks at 7,200 against Washington. I like uh, Jordy Matt Jordan. I always call him Jordy now. I don't know why, but Jordan Matthews <laughs> at 6,600. Jordan Matthews finally against... looked like he, he woke up last week. Yeah, you know, he can hold on to the ball. Yeah. Mm. So Willie Sneed is another New Orleans receiver, $6,500. Michael Crabtree, $6,400. There's some, some of the ones. Yeah. Brandon LaFell for 6200 If you If you want to get really crazy, Tavon Austin for 6000 We'll see. Lots of good uh, values there. Um, we're almost out of time, do you want to hit um, skip the tight ends, kickers, and defenses and and flip over to DraftKings for a minute? Uh, Love and Landry Jones at 5,300. Great value there. Ryan Tannehill is also only 5,300. I like the upside. Blake Bortles at 56. Aaron Rodgers at 7,500, but it's totally worth it. Andy Dalton is a little lower on DraftKings at 6,500. It's a good value, more so there than FanDuel. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I agree with with all of those, Andy Dalton especially. You know, Peyton Manning, $6,200. When's the last time Peyton Manning cost $500 yeah. less than Eli Manning? That's kind of surprising, but you know, the mighty have definitely fallen this season. So, All right, in the five seconds we have remaining or so, uh, running backs and wide receivers, who do you like? Carlos Williams, $3,800 on DraftKings. Go, go hard, get him. <laughs> Justin Forsett at six grand, Legarrette Blunt at forty nine hundred, uh, Lamar Miller at f- fifty four, and Doug Martin at fifty six. 
Uh, wide receivers, Stephon Diggs is only 5,100 there. Uh, Michael Crabtree, 5,800. Eric Decker, 53. Martavius Bryant, 55. Uh, Jarvis Landry, 6,700. Brandon Marshall's not the worst play at 7,400 either. Yeah, I, I might even spend more than that and uh, go for Dez at 7,800 against Tampa Bay. I think he's going to have another big yeah, game this week. Yeah, good matchup. <laughs> It really is. But uh, so we've got some winners. Obviously, if you have any questions, suggestions, you just want to talk football with us, we're around always all over social media. Uh, you can find us at the number 4 Show at gmail.com, on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page at fantasyfootballsherpa.com, on Twitter at the number 4 Show at jkim16 and fantasy underscore sherpa. And then, of course, we'll be back next Wednesday night at 10 p.m. with all of the Week 11 news, notes, analysis, and picks to help you get through your bye weeks and hopefully a shorter list of injuries, but that never seems to really work out the way I want it to. But thank you so much for listening, and good luck this week, unless, of course, you're playing me.